Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth, coming to you from All Seasons Tabletop Studio. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. I am Ben, and today's episode is Health Crisis Corruption Confirmed Through Fauci's Diabolical Past. And let's welcome in our host, Mike. Thank you so much, Ben. You got through it that time. Very good. I, I did. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, it only excellent. took me uh, 45 seconds that Absol- time. Absolutely. Woo! Definitely good to be here and welcome it all is. of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. I hope you enjoyed part one because we are going to get right back into it. This is some heavy stuff. Uh, you know, and Ben and I never miss an opportunity to kind of uh, encourage or experience some levity, uh, which sort of breaks the the heaviness of the moment. Yeah. Uh, so well, we try it's to. not that we think this is to be taken lightly because it is not. So we really are, are you know, sometimes trudging across the tundra, if you will, uh, through some of this. But I, I can really appreciate the, the facts that we're getting here. Uh, and also, sometimes, I don't know about you, Ben, but sometimes I, I kind of leave one of these episodes going, Okay, that was good. I think that was good. I think we got uh, we got all the information out. You know, good stuff by you know Dell or or uh, Stu Peters or Judy Mikovits or mm-hmm. uh, Doctor David Martin or whoever it is. Say, like, wow, that was powerful. And, right. But then I go, okay, now what? Now what do we do? Yeah, you yeah. Um, so you know, <laughs> I know what you mean. It, it's kind of like you know, you know, and, and we just had an opportunity to share some of the information. And uh, yeah, I I I love yeah. the fact. Sometimes I go, and, and you just did it in there because we go. Well, you could pull up uh, Dr. Brian Artis, or that you know. But then you go, wait a minute, just pull up one of our episodes. Yeah, Ab- I think that's pretty cool. So if nothing else, we are really developing a library of information that I think is really going to be critical because some of the questions that well. I don't know that I've been asked any questions that I can't go here recently to one of our podcasts and answer through all of the information that we've gathered so far. Right. Yeah. You know? No, you're so, absolutely right. Uh, I thought that was kind of, I th- thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. And well, while we're talking about that, I'll, I'll just plug our little idea that we've kind of had that we haven't done yet either. And that's the, like the business cards. Yes like with some of our links on there mm-hmm. possibly so that we can right. like give them to people so yes. they can go there if we're just out and about, you know, and just hand those out to a few yeah. people. Here and there. speaking of, uh, of the cards, so mm-hmm. what our website or our email, would, yeah, would that be on that there? That would be on there now And too. what is that? Oh, that's right. What is we, that email address? We need to plug that email. Yeah. Uh, that email address guys is the undiluted truth spelled out. No spaces dot podcast at gmail.com very good yes thank you and send send all of your uh your comments your requests if you you know your your questions 
all of the above if, yes. if you want us to uh and we'll have a dog to, and or cat read them and get back to you yes yes yeah or both uh, um <laughs> ever how they're identifying that particular or a day i hear they're smart yeah yeah or, maybe a crow or a pair of feet yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. No, really, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll, here we here we go again. Michael be. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I try and keep Mike on his toes. Somebody's got to. Yes. Yes. And, and it uh, is a job. Let me tell you. Uh, so, to so, <laughs> to keep but, me on my toes. But yeah. No. We'll we'll be checking that, guys. So. Very good. And a lot of things coming down the pike that uh, we will. Uh, we're excited about getting into, yeah. and hopefully, I think some of these things are going to be taking place uh, about mid January. Yeah, uh, so that's it's a good uh, time frame, I guess. We don't know. We're hoping that some of these will come out by the time maybe this particular episode comes out. We might be there already. You know, this is it, this is true. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know already, we stockpile these a little bit, and we're starting to stockpile uh, maybe a little bit more. But we do it, yeah. especially this time of year, because we have holidays coming up. Mm-hmm. Need to spend some time with our family, and we'll just bid you a a uh, late. Uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year because this will not come out, I'm sure, before Yeah, most that. likely not, but yeah. yeah, uh, but, yeah but, but Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Yeah, you, uh, if you, we don't get you on another podcast. Absolutely, so. you never know. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, uh, information coming from uh, the highwire.com, excellent source of news uh, with uh, Del Bigtree in this particular episode uh, mm-hmm. as part two, as you well know, with... Robert Kennedy Jr. Yes, um, and mm-hmm. and and these two guys together, we could almost call them Mister Vaccine One and Two because these guys have been after the seriousness of the effects of uh, adverse effects of vaccines for many years now. So, uh, and the and Robert did mention Adam Siri in the last one. I heard yes, that name. Ab- so. Absolutely, good call yeah. because uh, the attorney that's that's been involved in uh, some lawsuits with the FDA and CDC and has won these lawsuits. So, uh, so we're going to pick it back up at, at, at the portion here that um, Dell and RFK jr. were talking about the studies that were done, the the falsification of, uh, of placebos being done by Fauci. And he, he calls out, there was he pulls out seventy two different vaccines that were put out that there's proof that there was no placebo studies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember the weird analogy that I gave, was only the tip of the iceberg. He stands on thin ice now, mm-hmm. and that ice is getting thinner, mm-hmm. and we will be ending up in quicksand if you can picture that. So All we right. won't be, yeah. uh, but he will be. Uh, All right. Three, two, one. You ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. We don't have any. We've never done a placebo-controlled study of any vaccine, of any of the 72 vaccines that that we have mandated for our children. Yeah, none of the singular vaccines, none of the program of the entire group of vaccines. You know, you got into this in some detail, and you got into some things that I had suspected but put it together really well. This is something we kind of all know by watching the high wire, but I want to show how you lay it out in this book so clearly. Uh, In this one uh, section of the book, you're talking about um, antibody-dependent enhancement, which has been really important to us 
from the moment this happened in Wuhan. So here's what the book says. In April 26, 2020, interview with pharma troll Dr. Zubin Z-Dog Demania, uh, Merck's top vaccine promoter, Dr. Paul Offit, amplified these concerns. Paul Offit said binding antibodies can be dangerous and cause something, uh, can cause something called antibody-dependent enhancement, and we've seen that. I mean, we saw that with the Gates-funded dengue vaccine. But with the dengue vaccine in children who had never been exposed to dengue before, it actually made them worse when they were then exposed to the natural virus, much worse. Vaccinated children who were less than nine years of age, who had never been exposed to dengue before, were more likely to die if they'd been vaccinated than if they hadn't been vaccinated. Mm. Uh, You go on to then say that he wasn't the only one. Even Tony Fauci, during his March 26, 2020 White House coronavirus briefing, acknowledged the perils of pathogenic priming, which is another word for antibody-dependent enhancement. The issue of safety is something I want to make sure the American public understands. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone, they get infected with what you're trying to protect them with, and you actually enhance the infection. That's the worst possible thing you could do, vaccinate somebody to prevent infection and actually make them worse. And you sort of conclude with a list of issues, and you said, number one, right after that, Dr. Fauci's first approach was to abort the three-year clinical trials at six months and then vaccinate the controls, a preemption that would prevent detection of long-term injuries, including pathogenic priming or the antibody-dependent enhancement. Regulators initially intended the Pfizer vaccine trial to continue for three full years. You go on to describe this. Now, what you show over and over again in this conversation is Fauci is well aware of these sort of long-term or mid-term issues. This one that's got us all the most concerned, which is what they saw in all the animal trials, where you give the vaccine to the animal, it looks like they're safe, then you draw antibodies, they're producing antibodies, but when they challenge the animal with the actual virus, the vaccine doesn't block it or neutralize it. It seems to help the virus into the cells leading to organ failure and death. Now, what you pointed out and what we sort of suspected is then Fauci designs a trial in which he acts like he's going to address all of our concerns. But this would be a concern that would be six months, maybe a year down the road in a human trial. But what does he do? Just a few short weeks after that second vaccine shot, he grabs this tiny little bit of data, says this is all we need to prove that we're 95 percent effective and then then calls emergency use authorization and then erases the control group and gives them all the vaccine. I didn't know he had done the same thing with AZT. Okay. Wow. Dell is on a roll. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you make some, (laughs) I I just wanted to jump in and I forget the guy's name, but the doctor that he, he mentioned in the, um, in the interview before he brought up Fauci, that doctor's the same doctor that uh, Geert Vandenbosch, um, w- during that interview, Del Bigtree had those other two doctors, if yes. you remember. Yes. And that doctor that he named was one of those two and was the doctor that said, oh, I don't understand. I don't know what Geert's talking about, blah, blah, blah. But exactly. here, he's, here he knows, and he was part of the interview about uh, antibody dependency or a, yeah. a proper term for that. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, so I just wanted or to draw pathogenic, that pri- pathogenic priming, right? Uh, so same, I just wanted to thing. draw that parallel. It's like you, you're you're up on it on this end, but you but you're, you're but you're off. You're missing stuff over off yeah. over here. So, but that's one of the same doctors, anyway. Yeah, it, that was a parallel I wanted to draw there. And yeah, yeah exactly. And he's you know, Adele is is <clears throat> is talking about just kind of going blow by blow. He's breaking down what RFK Jr. was involved in, 
and yeah. but but he's sort of exposing blow by blow Fauci right. and saying he knew <laughs> that all of this stuff was happening. Oh yeah, and he he's he's kind of tweaking it as he's going along. You you just heard him. He said he t- he's taking a little piece of information and pulling it out mm-hmm. and using that to let's just face it to deceive yeah. you know people. But yeah. the thing is is. And this is why it's so difficult, I think, for, I would say, your, your novice individual listening, because you have terms and, and, and reactions and conditions that, you know, unless you're involved in it and have studied it, you're not going to understand any of this. And you're going to let somebody double talk you, i.e. Fauci, and you're going right. to believe it. Yeah. So that's why it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, to have someone breaking this down uh to us and 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 that's uh, you know dell and uh rfk jr here so yeah anyway uh we're going to get back to the experts uh review the azt role uh as the chief drug for hiv now this is uh, just pay attention to what's going on here and i know dell see dell i think <laughs> He knows this stuff inside and out because he's been around it so long. He knows the terms, and he gets rolling. Yeah. So, uh, but this is serious right here. I'm going to say it again. the The drug is AZT. All right. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm about ninety nine point nine percent sure uh, that it is a like a chemo substitute hmm. or chemo drug. Okay. That, that they were giving people with a with HIV, and the AZT was was pretty much killing them. So, all okay. right. So just just pay attention to this next uh, next bit, and and it's going to exponentially just get just keep rolling, just with information and severity. All right. Here we go. And you know, and so it's like he selects what is going to be his favorite player. And then designs a trial to make it look good. And with ACT, he knew that there were long-term effects. In fact, it had failed as an Ebola. I mean, um, I mean, it was it was having long-term effects when there were other drugs that were available that were safe. And yet, and then we saw it again with remdesivir. Remdesivir is a failed Ebola drug. Apparently, Ebola was better to handle on its own than the toxicity of of this remdesivir drug. But he repurposes it for this relatively benign illness for about 99% of us. But that that whole plan in which he designs a trial and then cuts it short before you would see the long-term um, results, I thought this was the first time it was being done, and you show this incredible, it's not even a history, it's like a playbook that he uses over and over again. Don't miss yeah, that. That's exactly Don't miss right. That. And with the AZT, you know, he terminated the study after eight weeks. It was going to be a three-year study. He unblinds it, gives AZT to all the controls, declare that it's so successful that we um, that it's unethical to keep it from the controls, and then he then he erases the control group. And the what he didn't tell anybody that people found out later is that AZT was so hideously toxic. It's like remdesivir. Yeah. The NCI, the National Cancer Institute, when they developed it. They threw it on the junk heap. They, they developed it as a cancer chemotherapy drug. 
with a, with, and cancer chemotherapy drugs poison every cell in your body and will kill you. It will kill 100% of the people who take them if they take them up for a long period of time. Yeah. What you hope is you give it to them for two weeks and hope it kills the tumor before it kills the, the person. And mm. so, but AZT was so toxic, it killed all the mice in the experiment. They threw it on the junkie. Early on, GlaxoSmithKline found that when they put AZT in a culture with HIV, it killed all the HIV. Not surprising, it killed everything. Right. <laughs> so Tony Fauci uh. developed it as the only AIDS drug, and he had to do the same thing he did with the vaccines. He had to kill all of the repurposed medications. So, and he had to keep the people who were getting AZT were dying so fast that he began sneaking them transfusions. So a lot of those people were getting blood, full blood transfusions every day to keep them alive for the eight-week period so he could declare victory. Then he got the, the permission to use the drug, or you know, he walked it through FDA like he does through a fixed FDA panel that's made up of his paid investigators. Mm. And then he mandated for everybody, not only who has AIDS, people who are deemed by a PCR test to have HIV, many of whom would never get sick. And all the, virtually everybody who was on AZT died. Most of them died within a year. Almost all of them died within two years. He killed with AZT probably 330,000 people during oh. the 1980s and oh. early 1990s. The other thing he did, Dell, which is part of this playbook that you're talking about, is he suppressed all of the drugs. There were local doctors who were treating AIDS patients in New York and San Francisco and Dallas, etc. They were finding a lot of drugs that worked for the AIDS symptoms very, very effectively. Aerosol penicillin was one of those. It had tremendous efficacy. But the AIDS patients, most of whom were impoverished because they couldn't work, were were unable to get it because the insurance companies would not give it to them because it wasn't approved by FDA. Okay, we're going to pause that wow. real quick. So let's let's unpack this hey. for a sec. So one of the things I want want you to kind of we want to highlight and and not miss is he said. Remember, he you know going through this process, he is he is really tweaking some things. But it, he said the first thing he needs to do to get the drug that he wants to use through to even emergency use or or exclusively use on, and, and in this case, was HIV patients. Mm -hmm. You've got to do away with the other drugs. And it, what he's talking about, he's getting into now, doctors found a couple of drugs that were effective against right. HIV. Right. And... Some of the poorer patients couldn't afford it, no insurance, so they couldn't get it. So it really put them in in a bad way. Yeah. So basically, these people become guinea pigs for him, and he starts running this trial. Mm -hmm. And it, this trial is an eight-week trial. Well, some of these people with, with this AZT, with this drug, it's killing them. It's starting to kill them before the eight weeks is up. So what does he do? He cleanses the blood out. He gets, he's giving them trans, blood transfusions. 
to just to keep them alive for the eight week period. And then you go, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, everything's going fine. Everything's great. Gets gets the emergency roof. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Well, uh, emergency use or the approval to use this drug. And and all along, these people are really just lab specimens to him. Yeah. I mean, this is. Yeah. Wow. This is insane. But yeah, I, ladies and gentlemen, that's who that's who we're looking at. That's who we're dealing with. This uh, and this is just the tip of the iceberg as we as we're going to get a little deeper here. But what did what did RFK Jr. say? How many how many people did he say he thought he killed? Three hundred and thirty some. Yeah, three hundred thirty thousand. And mean, and most of these people were AIDS patients. Yeah. 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 I. I mm-hmm. to, because he's just uh, just blatantly taking advantage of them, and of course we go back to another uh, uh, episode with Judy Mikovits, mm-hmm. and what was going on was you, you go well how how were they sick with AIDS anyway? Yeah, well, well yeah. they were injected exactly with a vaccine that one of the seventy two you know who who knows which one it was exactly I mean, I'm sure she knows and and we have to go back with that but yeah this is just this is like some some whacked out kid. Mm-hmm. Playing with his chemistry set with real people, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, I'm gonna do one of my movie quotes just to break up the uh, seriousness a little bit. Oh no, here uh, we go. This is inconceivableish. Oh, oh, there we go again with yeah. the inconceivableish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, goodness. or it just as as we we've begun to say, I mean, it, sad, there's, but true. But, sad, yeah. but true. There's just no words. Honestly. No, no. There's really no, no words almost yeah. anymore. You just have to listen and just dead silence yeah, after that because yeah. it's just. All what, right. Well, what, what can you say, really? I mean, right. And goodness. and they've got evidence and documentation of all of this stuff. Uh, so this oh, yeah. is just not uh, uh, RFK Jr. Just you know trying to remember something that he remembers the best he can. There's they're showing documents here, and he's got documents of all of this. And keep in mind uh, the book, uh, the real Anthony Fauci, uh, it's all in that book. So anyway, we're going to continue on here. Uh, Just uh, stay strapped in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's Unfortunately, it's getting worse. They were begging Tony Fauci to get FDA to approve, but he refused. He said, we don't have placebo-controlled trials. Right. And so that's what the film Dallas Buyers Club is about, is people, Matthew McConaughey and a lot of other people with AIDS, who discovered that AZT was killing everybody who was who were staking it, and they were and they were going to Mexico, to Canada, to Europe, to get these drugs that actually were smuggling them back to the United States and distributing them to AIDS patients, and Michelle Wallet, who wrote that film, initially made Tony Fauci the antagonist in her script. He was the villain in the film. In the end, when they made the film, they took him out of it. He was the guy who was killing all these eight patients by denying them a drug that the local doctors had proven work. My uncle, as I show in the book, Teddy Kennedy, was deeply involved in forcing Tony Fauci finally to approve this off-purpose medication as the exact same thing he's done with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, killing these drugs because they compete with the vaccines that he 
knows his buddies are going to make money from. Okay. So the mm-hmm. Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, so I'm not familiar with that. I've heard of it. But, yeah, that's interesting because it was a movie about facts. Yeah. So Matthew McConaughey and, and so forth, he, was play, he plays a, an AIDS patient. And the writer of this kind of, uh, you know, makes this character, Anthony Fauci, out right. to be, the, the, you know, sort of the guy that uh, has, has caused all of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what name or, or anything. So I'm just saying, Dallas Buyers Club might want to go watch that in with yeah. that with you know in this context. So, but uh, anyway, we've got as as you can hear, he he just mentioned this is his playbook. What he does, yeah. he 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 goes through. He gets his his drug. He goes through the trials the same way. He he kind of manipulates the trial. Then the next thing in the playbook is, okay, I've, there's other drugs out there that are going to actually do a better job than what I'm using. Right. I've, so we've got to discredit them or get I've, them out of the way. Yeah, I've got to get those things out of the way. And yeah. he, he mentioned, just like he did with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, yeah. and no, it wasn't news media, and no, it wasn't uh, 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 Hollywood actors and mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh fame and fortune individuals uh, casting over the air as far as uh, I know there was even some sports personalities and whatnot just talking bad about both of those drugs. But it was planted and it was executed as propaganda to, to, you know, to squash these things, to get them out of the way for one reason. That's to get the vaccine in there. So this is not, this is not new. It's his playbook. So, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna zip through uh, a little bit more of this before we have to uh, uh, call this one. So here we go. You said it exactly right. He only likes a placebo-based control study when he's going to use it to destroy your ability to use a product. In this case, well, Carl, he, he didn't he didn't use a placebo for remdesivir. No, remdesivir was, as you point out, remdesivir was a drug that was developed by Gilead. It was actually again created by the National Cancer Institute, by NIH, and then and then given to Gilead, which is Bill Gates's, you know, as a huge investment in. And then Tony Fauci tried it on Zika, he tried it on Ebola. And in December of 2019, remember this was one month before the pandemic emergency is declared. It was in a trial in Africa with four other drugs where they were treating Ebola patients. Now, Ebola patients, 50% of them die. And the safety monitoring board stepped in and said, you've got to tip pull the remdesivir out of the trial. Uh, I think 30% of them died after they took it for five days. They said it's too dangerous to give to Ebola patients. Right. Or 50% of them are going to die. So, a month later, Fauci takes that drug that he knows is too dangerous to give to Ebola patients, and he puts it in fake trials for COVID. Right. And he approved that drug, emergency use authorization, without having a study published, with having no data that showed that it prevented a single death. And he had to go in twice fraudulently 
changed the study protocols to show that it reduced hospital stays by three days. It didn't, he could not show that it prevented death. The WHO and the Chinese then published studies almost simultaneously saying not only did it not prevent death, and these were actually very powerful studies, really good studies with real placebos. They said not only does it not prevent death, it does not reduce hospital stays. Nevertheless, Tony Fauci got this drug approved. And the reason he got it approved is because you can only give remdesivir with uh, intravenous, which means it can mm. only be used on hospital patients, which means it would not c- compete with vaccines. Right. So under the federal law, he had to kill ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because under the federal law, you cannot give emergency use authorization to a vaccine if there is an approved drug approved for any purpose that is demonstrated to be effective against the target disease. And there you have it. That's that's wow. pretty easy to understand. So he's got to kill these drugs. He and 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 there again, let's remember where did rim, remdesivir come from? Uh, the, the NIH. Uh, they, he it, says they the made it. Cancer Institute. Yeah, through the National Cancer the Institute. Cancer division NIH, of the NIH. Yes. Yeah. So right. so they they and, they and, developed this thing. They made it. Yeah, and now that now that uh, he mentioned that, I vaguely remember hearing that name when I was doing some sort of reading about cancer and i i vaguely remember remdesivir yeah because uh, yeah it's a toxic cancer treatment basically like uh, well it's another antiviral well yeah but it, it's like like they said like the pill form of taking a what is it the chemo chemo well, yeah 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 and so exactly. i had read an article that was talking about alternatives to chemo i think and yeah. that's where i had read that somewhere and i was like right and Dr. But i had Bro- forgotten about that right yeah and dr brian artists had, had talked about it too uh that they were giving this and it's essentially just killing you know half half of the the, the patients yeah and he so he does all of this underhanded stuff wow, but he yeah. but but you you know the question might be well why why were they why were they wanting to get remdesivir out there so bad because they yeah. developed it it's money well, in their yeah. pocket. They're selling this stuff, and because so, they don't really care about you. Yeah, no, they, they you know, they part, could care less about your health. Yeah, part of it is well, well, you know, we'll kill off some people to a point. We'll we'll kill off yeah. a few, but some will will just keep on a hook, yeah. you know, for life and or as long as while well, they live and and keep them paying well, us absolutely. And and over in Africa, just atrocities, just wow. killing half of the people, and they had to step in and and shut it down. So, uh, so what he you know what he does is is he, he you know he he gets this authorization on you know under this a certain section of the law you know of of doing this with the Legal Information Institute. This is all done within their parameters. Uh, so. He gets emergency use of a product only if there is no adequate, approved, and available alternative to the product for diagnosing, preventing, or treating such disease or condition. So right. that's why he's got to kill these other drugs, because if hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and budesonide, right. and all these things are out there, well, you, you, you can't inject anybody with a vaccine period. That, that's the intravenous part. 
So yeah, but but technically, I mean, he still shouldn't be able to it, have gotten that anyway because ivermectin or chlor- I can't ever pronounce hydroxy hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, thank you for that one. Um, those are approved, but not for this thing. But so the thing in the intravenous thing was that it can be approved for anything, but it has to have been tried and something and proven to <clears throat> to help with the target disease. So apparently he managed to make sure that there was no study or something that came out. That I mean, that seems to be the only way because it left it because I heard something about, well, it was it was because that's not approved for this use. But in what he just read, it's any drug that's approved for any use that has been proven to help to, with the target to, one. That's so exactly right. Somewhere Fauci managed to suppress or whatever any studies that were proving that it worked for the target. Well, is am I understanding that? Well, correctly? I think that I, I think the or, I think what made it easier for him to kill hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and budesonide, some of these other drugs, is because they were repurposed. You know, so what he's saying is, well, there's been no okay. studies. Well, when you know, but right. but they could prove right away that that they weren't harmful giving inserted because they've been used for years and years right. and you can repurpose them very quickly. Yeah. But even today, even today, Anthony Fauci's not gone on the record saying that any of these drugs help do anything. The ones that are actually helping people. Yeah. He, he, he right. hasn't, he, he hasn't done that because he, in, in his way, he's killed them. You know, the, the propaganda machine rolled out, squashed you know the, the half of the world at least not believing but you and i both know that these drugs are effective they are saving lives and he is still uh, uh, tweaking or manipulating and that's what dell was referring to he mm-hmm. goes in and he manip- he manipulates uh, uh, trials yeah just to get these things passed and yeah. uh, and and through so that he can use his drug and and this drug is good and bad for him because it's money in the pocket, yeah. but he kills people. Now, I mean, it, it's 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 just unfathomable yes. that this stuff is taking place and nobody. This is this stuff is well, as our title says, this is his past. This is documented stuff in what he's been doing for years. Right, and it's and the thing is, it's you know when somebody you know so, when when somebody uses a playbook, uh-huh. you know it's it it it's it's pretty much if it's effective, he's going to continue to do it. But the question is, it, it with all of the podcasts that we've done, and some of them have mentioned Fauci, some haven't. Yeah, but technically, if you mention the pandemic, you're automatically most people are thinking Fauci anyway because he's been the quote spokesperson or head case. God forbid, oh, head case is what I about said. Yeah. Head figure, head case is probably yeah, yeah. better. Both, um, yeah, but um, he's been the the figure head, yeah, of the yeah. quote pandemic, right. and this is what we have to follow type of thing. Yeah, and so why is it with all of this stuff that we? have uncovered and that is out there and is known is he still walking around well we can only hope ben. The, the guy ought to be in cuffs and in a jail somewhere well he should be along with 
other people that he's coerced, co- coerced with. That's not the right term. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying, but uh, <laughs> conspired. Conspi- con- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, really. But yeah, we could, we uh, could only hope and pray. And, and that's the thing, but there, there is more. Wow. And, and, by the yeah. time we get through all of the things that he's done, and these, you know, the thing is, is I think there's things that we don't even know yet. Oh, even sure. even through this, this is good. This is I'm getting. Sure. This yeah. is going to get heavier and heavier as as we continue through here. And I, I hope we can do it. Wow, well, I hope we can do it in at least two more episodes. We're not gonna we're not gonna deviate from from this particular one. We need to keep going through it because it is that important. It it is it is stunning, and a lot of what we're going to learn is sad. Uh, but mm-hmm. it has to it has to be done, and people need to know about this man. So we're here doing our due diligence, clarion call, and we're going to call this stuff out uh, because that's just that's what we do. This is the undiluted truth. So yes, here, so here we are. All right. Well, uh, that's it for part two. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's close this one up and have a prayer as we close. Ben. All right. Father in heaven. We thank you again for the many blessings that you bestowed on us. We want to lift up those out there, Lord, as we, the more we uncover, we know that there's been families and individuals and some that even today may be disabled mentally, physically, in some way due to the evil that has been perpetrated on the U.S. citizenry and, and, and not just that, but around the world by some of these people. And Lord, we we ask for continued protection and strength of those that are standing up, calling out, digging, and turning over rocks to share truth so that people will be warned. We don't know what's coming down the road, Lord, and we need your protection. So we ask for your protection and your uh, preparedness of readiness to, so that we can face what is yet to come. Thank you so much, Lord, for the the victories that you have brought us through. And we ask for continued blessings and, and abiding strength on our listeners and ask that they continue to hunger and thirst after truth and righteousness. And as we part ways, As always, we pray, may every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.